Get it in here. I got one thing to say. This is when the big dogs come out. Stay on the okay? You can't roll the big dogs. Stay on the board. Let's rock this place. Let's have some fun. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance tonight. Diagnosis, prognosis, osmosis. Say what? It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. The doctor is now in. Glad to have you with us. It is a wild Wednesday. How wild is it? That's pretty wild. I think so. Yes, middle of the work week, proverbial hump day. Are we going to talk election today? I don't think so. Well, we might talk about it with our guest, Scott Spritzer. Interesting tidbit that the election was the highest betting option over the last month or so. Overseas, of course. So we'll talk to Scott Spritzer about that. I don't know about you, Ballpark Frank. If you have voted on the election or not. I did not vote on the election. Did you bet on the election? I'm not overseas. I did not bet on it. (laughs) But I know I was checking Twitter last night here and there because I couldn't watch all the election coverage. Because it was just, it was like they were still campaigning for people. The polls are closed. Shut up and either tell us the results or tell us you don't have them. And then, all the, oh, well, if this happens, if that, oh, yeah, if, 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 I don't yeah. care about that. Yeah. Tell me what's going on or I'll shut yeah. up and show me something that yeah. I can actually watch. But anyhow, getting back to that stuff, on Twitter last night, I keep on seeing, a, oh, Trump is now a minus 350 favorite. Oh, now Biden's a minus 180 favorite. I don't know. There, there's in-election voting. So in-election who, voting. Who knows how long this is going to go on because even after we hear the official results, then there's going to be states where they're going to want recall counts all over the place in that. I believe last time there was a recount in Wisconsin, it took like over a week or something. Arizona's done recounts before. That took five or six days. So this thing might not be over for a while, but they keep on having in-election wagering, as I'm calling it, because it's not a game, but maybe it is a game. And now there's other places in the world saying the United States is going to crumble because of this. Well, yeah, yeah. shut up. Well, that was from the <laughs> dead sausage king of Russia. Not Abe Roman, the sausage king of Chicago, but the dead sausage king in uh, uh, Russia that we talked about yesterday with a crossbow what, right through him. What, they had a seance for him and he came back and I predicted guess. that? So. That's a, that's a, <laughs> this prediction straight from the grave. <laughs> so in relation to what you're talking about, if we go track side, we would put up the inquiry sign, right? Inquiry! Please hold all tickets. Well, it's it's a photo finish, but they haven't they they, they forgot to put film in the camera. Right. There they go. How about the episode from the Flintstones? Yeah, and then down the stretching of its gravel pit in whoever it was, and they had the little little monkey take the uh, the picture at the end, and then they ran it upstairs, and the yeah. winner gravel pit. Come on, I know you were a Flintstones guy. Oh, I, I love the me Flintstones. And his money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Scott Spritzer actually has some some news for us uh, regarding uh, election betting. But I will the, say the, the current in election wagering yeah, numbers. I'm sure he has it all. <laughs> exactly. He texted me that earlier today. So yeah, Scott Spritzer will join us from Doc Sports. Yes, we'll talk some uh, some football and uh, probably election uh, wagering as well too. Uh, the big seven footer, Big Bill Cartwright, joins us too as we talk a little NBA and uh, also the uh, Cartwright family contest this week. A sports theme: the uh, greatest female athlete. Of all time. 
And I think you and I are on the same page on this, uh, me and Ball Parker. So we'll get to some thoughts from you. You can join us as well, too. Uh, first segment, we'll take some phone calls, 702-221-7283. That is 221-7283 outside of the Vegas area. Of course, the area code is 702. But I will say this, you know, I don't like talking politics, don't really like getting involved in it. You just stay away from that stuff. You keep more friends that way. But I do, every four years, enjoy watching the election night coverage. And I don't want to say it was riveting television. I don't want to go that far. But I was glued to it till past midnight. And I really did enjoy Trump coming on and and basically uh, saying that he won and had his little posse there outside of the East Room. And uh, I was trying to figure out how that was. I mean... Were those people all work for him? I mean, they're in the East Room, and that wasn't the general public. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's sitting there uh, saying, and then he starts slamming uh, basically the the whole voting procedure, uh, calling it a fraud, and then didn't matter what network you turned on right after that. I mean, they were just ripping Trump, and as I like, never have, can you believe this? Well, of course we could believe it because we've seen this type of stuff. Any well, that president like- that gets on social media and does all this, what do you, what do you expect? He said it beforehand that he was going to do this. Yeah. It's not like it was a secret. He actually showed us the end of the movie before the movie even opened up in the theaters. It was entertaining. So, I see, and I didn't find that entertaining. I just found it <laughs> ridiculous and stupid. I'm laughing, and, though. And, because, and embarrassing yeah. to this country. Oh, it is. Totally. I mean, he could, okay, yeah, we've won the election. By the way, I'm going to get the Supreme Court involved. By the way, uh, we're going to challenge some of these votes in that. Uh, they got us quit counting votes now. No state has ever had all their election totals done at midnight and that of the day of. They've always been. They could project the winners in that before. It's different this time. Again, in 2000, there was this kind of stuff. I believe it was Bush Gore. I mean, we've had stuff before. Arizona had an election not too long ago where they had a recount of votes, and it took like six days to announce one of the Congress people or something. So it, it, this isn't unprecedented. Heaven forbid they actually count all the votes. But yet in the states where he needs votes, then it's a, well, no, they can count them and they can keep the poll. They kept the polls open later here. That was his benefit. So he didn't have a problem with that. And I'm not saying Trump, Biden, I don't care which side you're on. But can we at least let the process play itself out before we start talking about lawyers and recounts and how fraudulent it is? By the way, you're saying it's fraudulent. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you're saying that you want it. Hey. This is our society, man. It's impatience. No different than it's stupidity. Than co- it's, it's coaches making quarterback changes. You know, people. Hey, you know, we're, we we want to get rid of this quarterback because we're an impatient society. Can you? I know you. You don't like talking about uh, number four, but can you imagine if number four would have played in in New York for either the Giants or the Jets? And speci- well, he did. It, well, I know, but I'm saying when he <laughs> came out of college. Okay, when he, when he came out of college and then the Falcons took him and Jerry Glanville said, okay, Mississippi, uh, get out of here. Yeah. I can't tolerate you. And he went to Green Bay. If he would have went to New York, or the Jets, and they were interested, the Jets wanted to draft him. As many interceptions as he threw the first couple seasons, he would have got run out. And now they're, they're, we're do, you know, we're t- and the reason why I bring this uh, around, because we were talking yesterday about, you know, a couple of days ago with Steve Berline regarding – uh, the quarterbacks and the poor play and and with um, you know the Giants quarterback right now it, it's uh, it's impatience everyone has impatience and your team I guarantee you there's it's just a matter of time before they go back to Trubisky again I mean they they put Trubisky on the bench when they were three and zero because they thought well you know we, we we're not going to go with this guy 
You know, he's too erratic, but we're still winning. And now what's happened? They got no offense whatsoever. They can't run the ball. Foles can't, you know, complete big passes. The defense is trying to carry him like the old days with the Bears. So, yeah, that's probably going to be the next quarterback change we see. But it all goes back to uh, no one has any patience. No one. I mean, that's what social media is all about. It's a, you know, let me strike now. Oh, let me delete the tweet. Oh, let's strike again. That's, that's what we're seeing with this election coverage. We're seeing it with everyday lives. We're seeing it with sports. It's total impatience. Well, we've always seen it to a certain extent in sports, but now, like you mentioned, social media and that has changed everything because now everybody has a platform. Everybody gives their opinion. We know the sports books love this kind of scenario. That's how they make their money, by people overreacting to the last game they saw. Right. Oh, this is the new greatest team. This is, this is the new greatest. This. They remember what you saw last or what you heard last or whatever. So that's not surprising. As far as Trubisky, I'm not sure that the Bears – the Bears have basically said they gave up on him, so yeah. I don't know that they do go back to him. Maybe they just – you know what? Hey, this is the new captain of our ship, and the ship's going down, but – Oh, well, I'm, welcome to the Chicago, the Chicago Titanics. Yeah, and, and I'm not sure that, that uh, he is going to make that much of a difference as well. I think between Foles and Trubisky, they're, they're both pretty pathetic, and they thought, okay, hey, we got the veteran Nick Foles. This guy won a Super Bowl. We're going to go with him. But Neither one can stretch the field. No, no, it's terrible. All right, uh, Antonio Brown, he is back in the NFL. He practiced with the Bucks earlier today. He will play against the Saints. Bruce Arian says that uh, Brown could get anywhere – from 10 to 30 plays. So, again, we know that Brady has been molding him. We've, we've heard about that. Uh, he met the media today for the first time. He was on his best behavior. We have seen this before from Antonio Brown. Uh, six consecutive 100-catch seasons. Longest streak of all time. Say what you want about this clown, and he's a clown, and he's been a star for us on Terrible Tuesday for, for a very long time. Brown the clown. It, Brown that should the clown. be his new nickname. No, no doubt about it. But, you know, this guy can play. And this guy is still one of the, if not the, best receiver in football right now. And it will not surprise me that Brady's going to lock into him. And every time you've seen a new receiver join Brady, whether beginning of the season, specifically midseason, he would always get him involved immediately. Same thing happened when Antonio Brown joined the Patriots with Tom Brady. I mean, immediately he fired at him. Josh Gordon did the exact same thing. He fired him to get him uh, acclimated right away. And because these two have played together, I, I, I think this is actually, this actually has the makings of working. Even though he's a Florida guy, he lives in Florida, you know, Brady's been hammering on the head about, hey, you know, you got to be on your best behavior. Could it possibly be? And I know that I sound crazy here because I'm always against this clown, but I just have this feeling that this actually might work out in Tampa Bay under this scenario. I could see it working out, especially like in, in a short term for the one-year thing or something like that. And then in the offseason, that maybe gets in trouble again. But if he's held on a short leash and Brady keeps on looking after him, you, you, you made the analogy yesterday with Rodman when he was with the Bulls. He was, on, he was on his good behavior. And even when he did explode or something like that, his teammates still had his back. They still covered him and stuff like that. Brown's going to find some kind of way to do something get in, to get himself in trouble or something semi-stupid, but hopefully they can rein it in and make it not that bad. But the one thing that Brady has, and this is the thing when Rodman played, when he played for Phil Jackson and, of course, when he played for Chuck Daly, I think he has the respect of Tom Brady. He respects Brady, so I think that's going to help him be on his best behavior. It's part of that, too. It's not just, oh, I can't go off and be myself. It's like, well, I can't do this to this guy because he went out on a limb for me in that. So it does have the chance to win. 
and it has the chance to explode. And that's what makes it good theater. Right. All right. Uh, we'll get to the phones in a second. Uh, jump on board with this 221-7283, 221-7283. Outside of uh, the Vegas area, of course, area code 702. The 49ers, uh, news came out just a few hours ago, have shut down their facility for COVID concerns. Wide receiver Kendrick Br- uh, Bourne tested positive. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are on their way to San Francisco. Actually, they've, they're already there. Uh, as they are playing tomorrow night. Kind of a weird Thursday night game. I mean, it's a great matchup. A lot of history here with the Niners and Packers. All of those great great contests that have been played over the years. Both teams obviously a little bit down. They have a Thursday night game, and traditionally we see these Thursday night games are teams that are playing in close proximity to each other. You don't have the cross-country travel. You rarely have that. Usually they're division foes, or if they're not in the same division, they're within maybe an hour yeah. flight or Relatively so. close to Relatively each other. Relatively close, an hour or two flight. So uh, the Packers traveling to uh, San Francisco. The San Francisco 49ers so banged up, missing 12 starters. Uh, and now the Packers basically have two healthy running backs in this game. I look for Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball 50 times tomorrow night, and a lot of people are questioning, well, is this game still going to happen? I think you and I are on the same page. Yes, this game is going to happen. Uh, the NFL is going to make it happen. We've seen the NFL just you know plow through this from the very, very beginning because they don't want to lose any of that television revenue. And uh, you know, if it's Fox carrying the game, they've been carrying these thir- most of the Thursday night games. Uh, what are they going to do? Are they going to play some reruns or something? Just like when the Raiders were involved with the Sunday night game, when they moved the Raider game because they were, they were fearful that the Raider game could get postponed. And NBC said, you know what? Let's just go to Arizona now and make that call because we're not going to play reruns of Law & Order on a Sunday night during prime time, and Fox is going to do the exact same thing. No, we're going to play football tomorrow night. Yeah, you can only show reruns of The Masked Singer so many times or the movie Rudy again or something like that. So, But, no, I, I agree with you on that. I, I do think it's going to play. And, by the, way, what, by the way, you mentioned the Packers have two running backs. I believe they're third, they're their third and fourth string running backs. So, yes. I mean, if, you know. A.J. So, Dillon so, is out. Jamal Williams, Williams is, is out. out. And Aaron Jones is questionable. They're, they're first string running backs. Yeah, they didn't yeah. sign another wide receiver receiver at the right. trade deadline and now one of their uh, uh, linebackers out a wide receiver I mean it's like it's crazy between the injuries and COVID and everything else like you said you, you know the one weird thing you know that Fox when they were first looking at this they're going boy look at all these garbage games we have but look at this week right. we're going to have Green Bay and San exactly Frank. we're finally going to have a marquee matchup <laughs> oh wait now we're going to have a marquee matchup with who knows who's in the lineup yeah. or whatever and, not only and, that- and how do you how, how does a bookmaker make a line on this yeah Okay, we have Aaron Rodgers and then a cast of come on down. Yeah, and that's why the line has fluctuated. It opened uh, Packers two, two and a half. Now it's up to five. And again, yeah, I mean, the Packers lost two out of three in embarrassing fashion to the Vikings in a few weeks ago to Tampa Bay. And then, you know, the Niners, you know, were horrible against Miami and and were bad last week, too. So, all right, let's go to the phones. Joliet Jake, what's going on, my man? Pump it up there. You got a theme song. There you go, brother. Hey, hey, listen, doctor. Before we get started, I need your help. Yes, sir. I got a weird fungus on my lip, and it involved handcuffs and a taser. Is there anything you can do for me? Uh, let's see. Uh, lay, lay your head down on the couch, and uh, I'll, I will let Numbchuck handle that for you. I don't know. How about an enema? I think you need an enema. That, that's it. There you go. There you go. Hey, listen. <laughs> that's a knockout. Hey, listen, I wanted to talk to you about the 49ers right now since they got the game with Green Bay. It's a good thing that that topic was broached. 
I'm thinking that the 49ers overspent for Garoppolo right at this point. He seems to be very injury prone. You got a $125 million contract, and he's performing well below standards. He was much better a season and a half ago, and I'm just thinking that they might have backed the wrong pony in this one. What's your thoughts, brother? 100% agree with you. They backed the wrong pony. They backed him uh, so much so that he is probably going to uh, be exiting, I would think, yeah, after this year. It's, I mean, right now, let's, let's be honest here. When you look at Garoppolo, he is being benched for play, for poor play. And they're going to use the excuse of the ankle. But the bottom line was Jimmy Garoppolo is, is doing the exact same thing on a good ankle last year. Okay, he was still throwing off the back foot. Okay, he was airmailing throws. We see that this year. And, you know, for me, he got benched for poor play. And Kyle Shanahan is saying, you know what? We can't have this. And really, when you look at what Shanahan's offense is predicated on, Garoppolo really doesn't fit into that. He can't throw the ball downfield. He's not a runner. He's not a scrambler, much to the dismay of a lot of people. They think that he is, but he's not. He doesn't have great athletic ability. And, again, he is just – he's not getting the job done. And remember, when they went to him last week and they started him, there was no talk about, oh, you know, the ankle. You know, are you healthy enough? Well, of course I'm healthy enough. The trainer signed off on it. The coach signed off on it. And he was horrendous again. So now – by you benching him and going to Nick Mullins, to me that's the bigger story that the Niners are saying, listen, uh, I don't think there is a future for you. We blew it. We paid you all this money. We thought that you were going to be the heir apparent uh, to Tom Brady. We're, we're going to have you in San Francisco. We got a steal here, and it's backfired on us. Absolutely, and their backup is playing statistically just as good as Garoppolo, if not better, and his salary is a fraction of what they're spending. Because if they take this time now to get rid of Garoppolo at the end of this season, they can take that cap money, they can go with the backup quarterback, and then they can try and sign someone out there that's going to have a little more durability. Because right now, Garoppolo, he's not even hitting the short routes on a consistent basis. And, and that's one of the problems, too. When you sign younger quarterbacks and you think that they might be that franchise guy and they don't work out, that can cost you for a long, long time. Uh, we talked about the Bears earlier with Trubisky. That certainly, you know, they put a lot into him thinking he was the quarterback of the future. You know, now everybody's like, oh, they could have had Mahomes. They could have had this one. They, well, yeah, but hindsight's twenty twenty. So, you, you know, you take a role on it. The quarterback position, how many guys have we seen that are first-round draft picks that are going to set the world on fire and they become complete bust? And then everybody always brings up, well, look where Tom Brady was drafted. It's an inexact science. When you hit a home run like they did in Kansas city you're rolling with it when you strike out on it or when you get a bad pick it can cost a franchise for a long time down the road yeah, and it's all about what system you get into exactly i mean it's it's again getting in you know, the right guy in the right system and patrick mahomes i mean again second generation athlete you know his dad wasn't a football player but his dad was a successful major league baseball pitcher and again you know teaming him with andy reed and sitting behind alex smith for a little bit yeah yeah it, it makes sense it works so, um, you know, again, you know, how good would Aaron Rodgers be if he would went somewhere else and played immediately? He got to sit behind Brett Favre for three-plus years as well. And it's not like Aaron Rodgers was fantastic. You know, at Cal and Joliet Jake, you know that as well as anybody too. Yep. So, yep. I, and again, and we, we look at Mitchell Trubisky, I keep going back to him. I mean, this guy basically played one year of college football in North Carolina. 
just one year. So it's not surprising <laughs> that this guy, you know, was going to blow up in the NFL, you know, going the wrong yeah. way. Now he's, now he's hurt again. Uh, yeah. Again, it's, you know, for me, it's, it's talent is one thing, but is, you know, being mentored the right way, being in the right system with the right coach. And then sometimes, too, you find a quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger. A lot of people question him when he was drafted. He went to a smaller school in that. Ohio, but yeah. he worked out. And he yeah. hadn't played quarterback for very long. And that's where I say, sometimes you strike gold, and it's it's wonderful, and sometimes you strike out. Yeah, yeah. You know where it usually works out? When you go to a team that has a veteran, solid offensive line, if you're a quarterback. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. All right. That's right. And I think, all right. Thanks, brother. And I think right now, real quick, you're going to find out whether or not the upper management in the office with the 49ers know how to pull those triggers and do the right thing because now the cards are on the table. Everybody sees it, everybody knows it. And I think it's just time to pull that trigger. So yep. hey, good talking to you, doctor. Thanks. I appreciate it, Jake. Keep listening. Keep yep. calling, brother. Great stuff. Yep, yep, yep. All right. There he is. All right. Julia, Jake. You giving everybody theme songs now? That's what's going on? Yeah, you love that name, don't you? One of my all-time favorite movies. I think number two on my list of all-time all-time favorite movies. Blues Brothers. Can't beat it. There it is. Did you let the big seven-footer know that? I did when we talked movies. <laughs> it was on there. It was on there. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are at it again. They're going to go with their fourth different starting quarterback coming up here. Third quarterback in the last four games. So Ben DiNucci, uh, who we saw last week, go 21 for 40 with 180 yards, two costly fumbles, sacked four times. He's benched. Mike McCarthy comes out today and says, our guy now is Garrett Gilbert, or it could be Cooper Rush. So Gilbert has been on seven teams in his young NFL career since – 2014. Make it eight, actually, if you count the XFL. Because remember, holy cow! Yes, he played for the uh, was the Orlando Apollos, and if you remember that story, last year in the XFL, he had the highest completion percentage, which got him back into the NFL. Oh, by the way, that was Steve Spurrier's team, where they were like leading the uh, XFL, and then they shut everything down, and then Spurrier says, "Hey, well, where's our championship rings?" So. I think that uh, that uh, uh, Gilbert got a championship ring from the XFL. Well, if he did get a championship <laughs> ring, I hoped it worked out better than the first time the XFL was around when L.A. won the championship and they had to purchase their championship rings if they wanted one. Oh, I'm sure that's what Because happened. the organization didn't pay for one. So when you're saying, where's our championship ring, if you got to buy it, do you really necessarily want it? Some of the, They don't make NFL money. But, yeah, as far as how many teams he's played for, well, the one thing you can say, he's probably got a nice collection of jerseys. <laughs> he's probably got as many jerseys as you have T-shirts from every place you go and you get one wherever you go. There you go. Well, Steve Berline will be happy now. We talked to him the other day. At least his number uh, number seven won't be uh, you know visible on, on the screen, you know. Like you said, you know, hey, usually my number seven at the Cowboys usually belong to a punter or somebody, something well, like it that. It might be visible. It'll just be the guy flashing in the signs instead of some yeah. guy actually under center. Right, right, right. So uh, Gilbert or Cooper Rush, uh, that's who's going to be starting at quarterback for the Cowboys this week. Uh, before uh, with these two guys, they have a combined total of nine passes thrown. Neither one has started an NFL game before. 
And, uh, oh, by the way, the Cowboys, they're facing the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. And, and by the way, um, so what you're also telling me is this is going to be their fourth starting quarterback, and next week could easily be their fifth starting quarterback of the season. Yes. If, who's ever the starter is this week, if he doesn't perform, then maybe the other one gets it next week. Yes. So maybe it's like, you know, you're auditioning during the game. Oh. It's on-the-job training. Not a good thing to face when you're facing the Pittsburgh Steelers. How bad can this thing get for the Cowboys, though? I mean, every week we're saying, well, they're really not that bad. They can't be that bad. And we were all fooled two weeks ago when they played the Washington, whatever you want to call themselves, and they fell behind like by 21 just immediately. And then what? the final score was something ridiculous, what, 31-3 to or 34-3 to or whatever like that by Washington. And they oh, can't get any worse than that. And then again, you know, they, they, they fall again last week. This is just a horrendous football team. And when you look at the Cowboys, you look at the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they're starting to get healthy. And they got, they got some pretty strong guys, Van Der Esch and, and Demarcus Lawrence and people like that. It's like, okay, this... This team should not be that bad. And then you hear the stories about Andy Dalton taking over, and then you know his teammates don't have his back. Then we go to Danucci, or you know now we're going to you know Gilbert Godfrey or Gilbert Grape or whatever we're going through. We're going not Cooper Cup. We're going to Cooper Rush. Who are these guys? And then there's Mike McCarthy just saying, well, you know, I've been through this before. You know, when Aaron Rodgers was injured, I had to you know go through four quarterbacks uh, during a season, and uh, and the Cowboys they've. You know, went through this before when Dak Prescott was injured a couple of years ago. They went through four or five quarterbacks. Jason Garrett had to deal with all that stuff. But are, are you kidding me? I mean, is Jerry Jones himself going to suit up here? Is he going to run the old wishbone, him and Barry Switzer, like they did back in Oklahoma? It's well, ridiculous. Well, you know you're probably in trouble when you're not even a uh, you know a standout at your own family reunion as far as your name goes. So uh, <laughs> you know it's not exactly a household name. But yeah, uh, w- with with the Cowboys right now, how bad is it? Well, it all started obviously when Prescott went down, and all of a sudden there was question marks about the season. But then when they all came out and the players started saying coaches aren't getting us ready, coaches shot back that they're doing their job. There's no cohesiveness or no unity at all in that organization right now. And then when you get the infighting like that, and let's face it, it's 2020, but we've seen this for the last few years. And that what used to be in the locker room and stay in an organization now is on social media. It's in the media. It's everywhere else. Everybody wants to put in their two cents. Frequently with the uh, anonymous person said this or that or whatever, but once you let it out there, it's still out there. They're an absolute disaster right now because there's infighting every place. Everybody's got to be turning their head, wondering if their job is safe or secure or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, how could it be anything but that with the situation in Dallas right now? Right. The one thing they have going for them is they're in the NFC East. They are the least, exactly. But they're going to get drilled this week and you're going to lay double digits with the Steelers. Yeah, maybe why not? We'll see. You did last week with your your double-digit bet. You said, don't worry about the 19 points. Was it a problem? Bring it on. Was it a problem? It was not. There you go. I'm bringing it up. Bring it up. Bring it on. We see spreads now in the NFL that we've never seen in the past, and they're still covering. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, the... uh, Tampa Bay didn't cover. They were 12 and a half on Monday night. No, all, no, they did not cover. And they almost lost the game outright. So it's not always there. And I know that there was a stat last week that anything that, that was uh, 18 or above, we saw a couple 20 and 21s over the last couple of years as well. And uh, there were a couple backdoor covers. Uh, that, that, you know, it's, it's hard to lay that much in the NFL. And you just have to believe that you are betting against a total inept team and a team that's that team chemistry has been pretty frazzled. As well, too. I think we got that with Dallas. 
And like I've said before, it's not that I don't like Mike McCarthy because I, I I did like Mike. I do like Mike McCarthy and, you know, had some great conversations with him. But I just was never sold on him in the locker room the way he handled the Packers. And then Jerry Jones, you know, is a hands-on type of guy. And so when they hired him, it, it didn't really make much sense. But I think Jerry Jones felt like, hey, we've got the talent. You know, I, I had Jason Garrett. He was kind of, you know, my robot. I think McCarthy can be that way as well, too. And we're seeing McCarthy not stand up to anybody. And he's just getting railroaded on the sideline. This is just, it's, it's just bad. There's a big difference between liking somebody and wanting them to run your team or your business or organization or yeah. something. Well, There's a lot of people I like yeah. that I wouldn't trust walking my dog. Yeah. And that's my, my point exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the big seven-footer who is a ardent Cowboys fan. We'll get, to, we'll get some thoughts uh, from him on that, too. That's the, why he likes the Western side. He likes to be up on that horse. How do you know that? Exactly. So. There he is. All right, big Bill Cartwright, the seven-footer, joins us coming up next. It is a wild Wednesday. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank right here. And remember, you miss anything, you can always go to the website and check that out, tcmartinshow.com. We've got the blogs up there. We've got the interviews up there, Steve Burley. Lines interviews up there. All the past interviews are up there on the website. So make sure that you check that out, tcmartinshow.com. Hey, this is Steve Heitner, and you're listening to T.C. Martin. He's huge, baby. The big seven-footer, the man in the middle, joins us now. We talk a little NBA and who knows what else on a wild, woolly, crazy Wednesday What's going on, Big Bill Cartwright? <laughs> I'm, I'm in the dust. Matter of fact, I am watching a USF Don's basketball practice right now. I'm kind of, I'm kind of watching from a distance. How did I know that? I just, I just had a feeling you'd be in the bowels of the War Memorial Gym that has your name, your picture, your number, uniform uh, scrolled all over that bad boy. Yeah, it, it, it's great stuff. It's, it's energy. It's positive. Uh, it's not so good for. Uh, the athletes right now because the athletes are working out. They're they're getting in great shape, and, and they've got no place to play. So, so they they're they're a little bit frustrated, uh, uh, but but they're looking good. Uh, and, and it's too bad because I think that this year uh, our Dons uh, probably have the most talent uh, that they've ever had. So uh, once they do play, I'm going to be very excited. So what are you hearing, you know, from the university, from the athletic director, as far as when you guys are going to be playing? Do you have a concrete schedule in hand right now? Is that being delayed? Because as, as we know, you know, these games are scheduled five, six years in advance, and especially, you know, the tournaments that you, that you go to. Um, what are they saying? Well, they were scheduled, as you know, to play a tournament actually in Vegas. That's right. Exactly. And, and that was canceled. That was canceled for obvious reasons where uh, where a couple of teams, I think LSU, fouled out. But uh, uh, the, the, the big thing is that their intent to play conference is, uh, is, is really good. And uh, I think some of the local games that they're going to play, uh, their, their intent is really good, but uh, you know. But we do. We are at a really special time right now, and uh, we just have to do the best we can. And uh, you know, you can't put people's health above everything. So uh, even though I'm chomping at the bits, the guys are coaches. Everybody wants to play, 
And and it is kind of a month-to-month thing. It's kind of a week-to-week thing. And, uh, you know, and and as you know, it's really hard because every uh, state is different. And a lot of times the counties are different. Uh, As as you know, in San Francisco, it's very tight here. Uh, We're governed under very strict rules. Uh, they want to be safe, so uh, you just do the best you can, and and hopefully great things happen. I I, I think it will. Uh, people are very responsible here; they're doing a great job. Uh, uh, they uh, our athletes get uh, tested weekly, and uh, we've been really clear of nobody getting COVID for the last uh, I think two months. So uh, it's it, it's been great. You know, I'm looking at the USF basketball schedule right now, and the first game that they have on here, and like you said, is a conference game when they get into WCC play, and that is hosting against San Diego on New Year's Eve, so December 31st. And then you guys got to travel to Gonzaga, which is always a battle, but nothing is is listed prior to that. So that is the plan right now that you're going to – your first game would be a conference game at the end of December, or are they talking about, well, no, we're going to have some non-conference games, uh, you know, here, you know, you know, prior to that, the first part of December. Well, right now we do have a game scheduled, uh, and it's, it's within the next couple of weeks, we're supposed to be playing in Nebraska, actually in that same tournament. They moved it to Nebraska, uh, where Freddie Hoiberg is. So we'll, we'll see if that can happen. Uh, we're still hopeful it's going to happen, but we're planning on playing somebody within the next two weeks. All right, Big Bill Cartwright joins us and uh, talk a little USF basketball because he's on campus uh, there at his alma mater. Let's talk a little NBA. You know, the uh, association is debating of when to start its season, how many games to play. Right now the numbers we're hearing is a 55-game schedule or possibly a 72-game schedule. So the 82 looks like that's definitely out the window um, December 22nd would be a start date if we go with a 72-game schedule. Uh, Martin Luther King holiday weekend, that January 18th, if it gets trimmed to 55. You know, the players are going to vote on this, and it seems like the majority of the players are saying, well, there's not going to be a 55-game schedule. We, ha- we want 72 because they want the money, and they're not going to you know, play for anything less than that. We've got the television networks that obviously would love to have that marquee quadruple header on Christmas Day that we always have. So there's a lot of moving parts here, Bill. And when you look at this, how much of a mess is this right now? Because we should be in the middle. Well, not in the middle, but you know, already playing uh, you know, games for the NBA right now. And right now there is no definite timetable. Well, I think that, you know, they've, They've they've given us something. They have given us the seventy two, and if and I think that everybody that's kind of everybody's jumping off point. And I think that the big thing is that everybody's going to have a comment on this of what the season should be and when it should start. And uh, is is it a disadvantage to the teams that play deep into the playoffs? And you know, my thing is that, and I don't want to start complaining, but. Uh, but you know I will, and we might as well get it started with that. Yeah, let's play a 72-game season and maybe get it kicked off so then now uh, the teams that are playing are using more of their roster. So now you're getting actually 10 guys on the floor 
so that uh, guys that are not only getting an opportunity to play, uh, you're getting an opportunity to play uh, your, your your starters or your, uh, and you're allowing your second group of starters to go out there and play minutes and make your team better. Um, so I just think it's a great opportunity to uh, – to, to, to get going, I don't see any reason why uh, we can't do that right now. And, and what's and what and why can't you do it? Uh, I don't think there's any absolutely no reason why you can't do it. What's what's the difference a week's going to make? What's the difference two weeks is going to make? Um, let's go, seventy-two games, rock and roll. Let's do it. Bill, I know there's been a lot of talk about the season starting and fans in the stand. We know in the NFL that the TV money still makes it a break even if there aren't fans there. They're trying to get some fans in. The NHL right now is concerned about can they play games without fans there or can they play them with only 10 or 25% or whatever the number would be of fans. It seems to me the NBA might be somewhere in the middle. They get more TV money than obviously the NHL, but not as much as the NFL can the NBA start and play the games and make it profitable for the owners and keep everybody happy if there's a limited number or a small number of fans in the stands, or would that push back the start of the season more? I think that if it is safe, uh, they should have a understanding right now that we can have a certain amount of fans in the building. And it's a little tricky, obviously, it goes by state by state. And uh, like I said, a lot of times county by county. But, uh, yeah, there should be a certain amount of, pe- uh, of people allowed in the stadium to be able to to, uh, to watch basketball and, and enjoy it. And uh, if you can't figure it out, maybe do a lottery. If you can't figure it out, uh, uh, do your season ticket holders and have them rotate. But... Uh, it would just make sense to be able to allow those people to to come to the game, to enjoy basketball, to be there, uh, and we'll start with that. Uh, you can't tell me there can't be none. Uh, my, that doesn't make any sense to me. None. Well, here's the deal. We're uh, just coming off of the conclusion just weeks and weeks ago where you know, we had a championship and we had it done in the bubble and now we're going to come right back again here in another month or month and a half or so. What makes it so much different? Because the situation with COVID really is pretty much the same as it was before. Is the Are the NBA talking about, well, bubble again? Or are they saying, okay, well, now it's okay you know, to, to have fans? Because I think we all thought that, okay, you could probably do this. You know, baseball's doing it. Maybe we could do it. And, and I hope that they do have fans in the stands. But it is such a quick turnaround and such a 180-degree turn from you know, what we just said. Well, you know, we have to have the bubble. And they were successful doing the bubble because the NBA get all kinds of, of kudos for doing that. So do you think the bubble option is just off the table now? Uh, well, let's put it this way. Uh, I was in Starbucks this morning. Uh, I had my mask on, I distance. I was with True Value Hardware. Uh, the day before yesterday, uh, tons of people in there walking around. I, look, I'm I'm not a health expert, and and, and I think that the uh, idea of a bubble is really good because that's like zero chance 
uh, uh, or just as close as as you can and people getting sick. Um, but, but, but I do believe that, uh, and this is, this is a good question for you to maybe bring a doc in and ask him is that can they have players in the building if they're social distancing and they have a mask on? And uh, the common sense way of thinking, I'm not a doc, but common sense thinking is, is yes, because it's done every day. It's yeah. done every single day. I, I agree with you. I, I, I totally agree with you, and I hope that it can be that way. Big Bill Cartwright joins us, talking a little NBA. And, and on that same topic, the Toronto Raptors today uh, sent emails out to their fans, asking its fans if it feels comfortable attending games in Toronto. Now, we know that Toronto, they, the Blue Jays couldn't play at Rogers Center, they had to go, you know, find an alternate home. They had to play in Buffalo, and that border is still closed between the United States and in Canada. So the question here is, you know, are are the Raptors going to be able to have home games? And they're actually asking their fans, "Well, do you feel comfortable? Do you feel safe?" And if they're not able to play in Toronto, the Raptors could end up in Buffalo. They're talking Kansas City. Possibly even Newark, New Jersey. Uh, what What are your thoughts uh, about that? Well, I like this. This virus is uh, it's a real individual thing. Some people uh, are pretty comfortable now. Guys uh, in my age group and maybe older, they may be not as comfortable. So, if you're sixty plus years old, you maybe are not as comfortable. Going to a game right now, just like a lot of people are not comfortable going to a health spa right now. So to the people that are comfortable, I think that they should have an opportunity to, to, to go to the game, mask, social distance, um, and to be able to, to enjoy a game. So uh, to me, that's total individual thing, but, but to say that, uh, there should not be people in the in, in the stadium. Um, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, uh, unless they're unless unless they're looking for absolute zero zero chance of anybody getting sick, and I don't know if that's even reasonable either. Well, I think you touched on one of the most important things earlier when you were talking about San Fran and the college basketball and that, too, is even if people are comfortable, even if the teams say that fans can be in the stands, because there is no unified front on this and there's hot spots all over the place and that, a lot of this might ultimately come down to what state governors and cities and what their ordinances are, whether or not they allow them. We see it in the NFL. Some stadiums allow fans. Some don't have any fans. Some have 10%. Some have 25%. So... I don't know that there's going to be a unified front at any time soon, even if they do say, okay, we're going to allow fans in the stands. You can say that, but in Wisconsin where it's hot right now, if they say, well, yeah, but we're a hotbed, so we're not going to allow fans at Bucks games, but then they do in some other city, I don't know that there's going to be a unified front there. Yeah, we see the NCAA, and we're seeing that in football right now where there, there's no unification whatsoever. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I think that's absolutely correct, and it's uh... – and it is something that, especially when you're talking about, you know, the entire United States, that, uh, you know, you're not operating under the same circumstance. So that is going to be a little bit tricky to see who, if in fact, can have people even in the building. 
So, so it's uh, it's 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 really hard. It's, it's a it's a tough question. Uh, but what is not a tough question is is your initial question is when we're going to start the season and how many games they're going to have. Um, and and I can't see any reason why they can't start. Uh, and, and 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 think about this too: how many teams have been off right now? Oh, a, a lot. But this is all going to come back to, again, collective bargaining. The players have to vote on it. Owners have to be on the same page. I mean, yeah, again, I and, and, and it's got to be – it's nerve-wracking. And I know it's it's nerve-wracking for fans. It's nerve-wracking for you the way, you know, we, we, we see all this stuff unfolding. There's just so much uncertainty, and here we go. It's just like we got a late start with every sport, and here we go again with, with basketball. Uh, you know, we're missing some prime time. We may miss, uh, you know, you know, the first two months of the season. But uh, real quick, I want to transition into the NBA draft. You know, that's next week, coming up uh, one week uh, from tonight. And I'm looking at this list, Bill. LaMelo Ball could be projected as the number one overall pick. And if you look at who they're projecting in the first round, this is the strangest draft class that I've seen because I'm telling you the average person who doesn't follow college basketball they're not going to recognize one person and of course you got overseas people and this and that but I don't see how this is there going to be any hype or any luster whatsoever and this it, it looks like on paper probably the weakest uh, draft class that we have ever seen and we're coming off a basketball season that we didn't even get a chance to complete so Give me some thoughts on draft day one week from today. Well, look, basketball now has gone back, right? So people were talking about last year, who was the guy, Zion. Mm-hmm. Zion. Zion Williamson, Zion. Duke, yeah. Well, well, Zion, well, Zion played, what, half a season. And, and uh, you know, he is a, a, a talent. He's an oddity, uh, you know, physically. Uh, but look, let's face it. He's he's got to learn how to play offensively. He's got to be fine defensively. Uh, he can't guard anybody. So, um, you know, the idea that these guys are going to come in and make a uh, Larry Bird, um, uh, Magic Johnson impact on basketball is is ridiculous. And besides the point, these guys are young. So. These guys that you're bringing in right now, these these 18-year-old, 19-year-olds, you're getting them ready, and you're getting them ready really probably for their, 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 their next team or until they're able to play two or three years, and then now they're going to be probably really good or whoever they're going to be. But uh, um, I don't think any of us see – Anybody out there that's going to lead us to a championship and uh, even for the most part, like last year, not even into the playoffs. Uh, you're going to bring guys out there who are going to make something flashy happen, going to hopefully uh, attract a lot of attention and uh, be a foundation for that organization's future. But to say that this these guys coming out now because they're so young and inexperienced – uh, they're going to lead a team to a championship. It's just not realistic. All right. Big Bill Cartwright joins us. Let's transition to the Cartwright Family Contest this week. It's another barn burner. It's a doozy. And I'll let you 
lay it out to our listeners who are going to be very curious about this. Go ahead. All right. Now, this is one of our greatest contests we've ever had. I don't know if this is the greatest music we've ever had. Where, where do you can pull this out? Is this Chubby Checker or something? That's right at Bill's Alley. What is this? That's, that's, Bill probably likes this. You can, you can always get something with some speed into it. <laughs> no, it'll, it'll be like Speed Racer. Oh. Well, this contest says, who is the greatest female athlete of all time? The greatest female athlete of all time. You know, of I think this, this is almost a version of the gong show music, I think. Very close. Oh, yeah. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, look at Bill Cartwright. Yes. Oh, he loves this contest. He also loves <laughs> wet toilet seats, too. Ah, oh, yes. Come on, Bruce. Come on. I'm giving you good material here, Numchuck. Oh, a little bit late. Anyway. All right, Frank, here we go. Uh, greatest female athlete of all time. All time. all time. Now, this is interesting because I think there's a lot of specialty sports here. And we got to find the transition. We got to find the the versatility here. That's where I'm going. Well, I mean, there, I mean, obviously Simone Biles is one that comes to mind, and that's recent memory. You know, I go back to Nadia uh-huh. Comaneci or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Serena Williams, I love her game. I was also a, a Martina Navratilova fan, so I love the tennis net. But like you said, crossing over in that. To me, female athletes really started gaining the respect long before I was born. Back in 1932, Babe Zaharias, or Babe Diedrichson back then, she won three uh-huh. Olympic gold medals. She won the 80 meters hurdle, the javelin throw, and the high jump. To this day, still the only woman ever to win gold medals in a running event, a throwing event, and a jumping event, then transitioned and became the best golfer in the world when she'd never golfed before in her life. She was absolutely sensational. She married a professional wrestler. She was also a musician, a seamstress, a cook. I mean, she did everything. But to me, it all started for female athletes getting the respect and everything way back with Babe Diedrichsen Zaharias. By the way, in 1932 in the AAU Championships, there were 10 events at the AAU Female Sports Championships. She competed in 8 of the 10, won 5 outright, tied for first in the other one, and her team won the AAU championships, although she was the only member of the team. No, multiple sports. You you sold me on the babe. Bill, that's got to be number one, the babe, don't you think? The, the babe is right in there. She was, she was amazing, as, as, were, as are all of these other athletes, and that's what makes this so tough. That's what makes this one of our greatest contests we've ever had. All right, uh, I got to go with a babe. I like I like Jackie Joyner Kersey myself as well too. I like Jackie Joyner, and uh, I don't know. I think uh, you know probably the the easiest one, the slam dunk of all this. I got to say is the greatest female athlete of all time has got to be Bruce Jenner. Wow, would, would, it, would that be That's Bruce or horrible. Caitlin? Bruce, Caitlin, it's two of the same. What are you talking about, Bill? Can we 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 got that right? Horrible. Bruce is good. Horrible. <laughs> Bruce is lovely. What are you talking about? Horrible. <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, how many? I mean, 1976. You can't. Are you, you can't kidding me? The decathlon, ten events. You are you kidding? You, bring, you cannot bring reality TV into this. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Well, Caitlin's an athlete. Wasn't she? Him? Yeah. But, it? Yeah, Jim? Yeah, but, what? Yeah, yeah, but her did not. She competed as a him. Yeah. So, no, she's not. It's a shim. Get it right. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll just leave it alone. Okay. I'll, 
<laughs> I got to give Frank all the credit in the world. So he didn't want to say it. But I said, I'll say it, Frank. I'll give you credit, Frank. Assist Frank. Wow. Yeah, Bruce Jenner was on the cover of, of Wheaties, not Sweeties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who you got? Real quick, man, who you got? Are you, are you, are you talking to me? I'm talking to you. Who do you got? No, no, no. You know I announced mine. Our listeners right. want to hear from Always you. They, on they don't have access Friday. to your... But, but the babe is right there. Serena Williams, who has dominated the sport for like 20 years, has never happened, Who who's probably the best tennis player, period, men and women, of all time. Better than Billie Jean and, King? And, and, yes. Okay. Yeah. Billie Jean King has dominated for 20 years. That's true. Okay. Right? So, um, you know, Simone the... Uh, uh, Simone Biles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's like, uh, I mean, they don't even play for first. They're like, nah, she, she's there. Everybody else finished in second. I mean, it's, it's, it's a joke. She's so dominant. She's so talented. She's so amazing that uh, there's just there's just nobody that even touches her right well, And now, how, so. about the, how about some hoop girls? We're talking about some track and field athletes. I mean, come on, you got Cheryl Miller, Lisa Leslie, Lynette Woodard. I don't know. You got some great hoopsters, too, Wonderful right? old school, Nancy Lieberman. Nancy Lieberman, absolutely correct. Nancy Lieberman yeah, Clay. Yeah, that's why, that's, that's why I said, and, uh, and probably our greatest track, Wilma Rudolph. Yes, and don't forget our girl Evelyn Ashford, too. There you, Evelyn there you go. I mean, this is what makes us one of the greatest contests we've ever had. No it's question. Tough. There it is. It's, it's a lot better than the best Western of all time, I'll tell you that. Jeez. <laughs> you, you still don't know who it is. Yeah. Because you're not a Western guy, which scares me. Yeah, you can take your Westerns and your sci-fis and you can package them all up and put them in the bay right there. Send it out there to Alcatraz, buddy. There you go. That's my sad. He was my. All right, my friend. At one point in time, we're going to get you right. Yeah. Go get me some clam chowder. We'll get that right. How's that? As a matter of fact, turn it on tonight. There's, there's a movie on Cowboys versus Aliens. Cowboys. Turn it on. Turn it on tonight. Hey, as the intruders, we'll right. the intruders had a great sign. Ask my man, Dougie Doop. That's right. Cowboys and girls. Get that right. Yes. Was it Cowboys and Indians and, and versus girls or Cowboys and girls? <laughs> cowboys and girls. Even Frank knows that one. There you go. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, but we, we got to get you right with the movies right. first because right. you are really lost. All right. Hey, we had a Blues Brothers uh, call earlier today, so don't forget that. One of the greatest of all time right there. All right. And you love the Blues Brothers, Mr. That's Chicago. True. All right, man. Every, everybody does. We got to get rolling. Uh, we'll check in with you later, brother. Be good. Enjoy. All right, guys. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how the uh, contest comes out, and we'll see you uh, We'll see who's number one. There it is. You know, the babe got the name Babe because she hit, like, home runs all the time. You know, uh, baseball, she, when she was in Little League and stuff. Oh, she also hit a golf ball like Babe yeah. Ruth hit a baseball, too. Yeah, and, and we didn't even get anybody like a Katarina Vitt or Aksuna Bayou, yeah. the great figure skaters and everything. There's a lot of great women athletes yeah, out there. There you go. All right, we come back. Hour number two. Scott Sprites will join us, do a little handicapping on the NFL side. T.C. Martin Show right here on a Wednesday.